I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists and art entrepreneurs. Welcome back to The Artist Business Plan. My name is Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. If you don't know us yet, we're the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. As you may know, we're also a business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing your art. We're here today with Marie Robeson. Marie is an artist, author, interior, and textile designer. For many years, she designed for international brands like Pottery Barn and Williams Sonoma as a textile and product designer. She's also designed homes for celebrities and diplomats, as well as beautiful restaurants and building of her own homes in California. Marie also has her own podcast for artists, Love Lulu, started in memory of her sister. She writes and illustrates for a local shelter magazine and has also written and illustrated her own book, Charming and Pretty, The Art of Home. We're also excited to welcome Marie to our San Francisco Superfine Art Fair in 2022. Welcome to the show, Marie. Yay. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, before we get started, there's a question that we ask all of our guests just to help get to know the real person behind the voice on the podcast. Marie, what was your first experience with art? And when you had that experience, did you know that you'd be dedicating your life to it? (laughs) Okay, I'll make this short. But yes, it was an absolute moment. And it's kind of a silly story. But when I was five years old, my father upped and moved my entire family from New Jersey to the Silicon Valley here in California. And my mom enrolled us all in a little private Catholic school. I had my perfect like little uniform, a little Mary Janes. And I was in kindergarten. And I remember it was that day when we were going to have art lessons and we had a different teacher come in. And I was all about the rules. And she came out and she said, we're going to make this pumpkin. And it was like this big stuffed pumpkin. I got a little fluttery and I thought, well, that looks like a lot of fun, you know? So they put the butcher paper out and they give us our little aprons because heaven forbid you get anything on that little uniform. Then they put this paint in front of us and said, go. And I was so stressed out and I was looking around and everybody was looking around because there was no paintbrushes. And I was just thinking, there's no way, like, what do we do? You know, like put your fingers in it. And I was just like, what? Like put my fingers in this? Like, no, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And she's like, put your fingers in it. And then I put my fingers in it and it was just pure bliss. And I swear, I found Jesus in a pumpkin that day. Oh my gosh. I love that story. It's not (laughs) silly at all. That's great. I love it. And just like that feeling of freedom of being able to actually do whatever you want right then. And also just that that's so clear in your mind from kindergarten. I assume you were five or six years old and just, you know, to know that to this day is just so amazing. I love that pumpkin. Like I took it home. I was so (laughs) proud of it. It was like epic for me. And I just knew like, that's it for me. The rest of my life, I've got to be in this world. (laughs) I love it. So you have a very successful art and design business with an emphasis on decorating homes. As an artist, a lifelong artist, how did you come to discover the niche for your work? And what is your advice for artists in finding their own niche in their own market? Yes, most of my career I've spent as an interior designer and designing products like textiles, wallpaper, products for that industry. 
I loved it. You know, I really love architecture and decorating is a little bit different than designing. Designing is actually building things and um, doing tile layouts and uh, lighting plans and things like that. You do decorate at the end, but it's a pretty well multifaceted job to be in. You have to know a lot of things about construction. Um, But my favorite part was always when I sit down with the client, the first part, uh, the very beginning, and um, we start talking about their space and what we want to do, saying like, okay, I think we should knock that window out and we should maybe build cabinets over here. And, you know, let's move this around or how about, what do you feel about fireplace over there? And they just like, look at me like, you are crazy and you're costing me money. And and I sit there and I go, okay, look, let me just draw it for you and I'll draw it for them. And then they're like, oh, like you can see them get it all of a sudden. And then they go, well, what if we did this? And I'm like, yeah, well, let's draw that. And all of a sudden now they become part of this collaborative creative process, which is their home, which is super exciting. So drawing the rooms was by far one of the funnest part of being in the interior design business. And I would always, you know, we do CAD drawings too, but I would always gift my clients with these renderings at the end of a project so they could kind of remember, you know, what we went through to create this beautiful home of theirs. What happened was somewhat retired from doing design to take care of my um, elderly parents. And I just started moving more into making those renderings into rooms because I thought, well, you know, it's one thing that to have this like beige room that I'm showing this client because that's what they want. But now it's just a painting and I can design this room any way I want. And it can have pink walls if I want. And it can have a ton of pattern in it. And so that's kind of where my niche has fallen. My paintings are a lot about pattern play and about interior. They're all mainly interior renderings, although I do some figurative work. But that's been a really great thing to find my niche because it's been sustainable. I, I enjoy it. And that's what I would say to any artist that's out there. You know, you should find an area. And I know um, James, your partner has a very specific niche, which makes sense because it's it's who he is. And like do, do paintings of rooms is who I am and who my background is. It's a recognizable thing and people can over time know who you are as an artist. So it's important to know that about yourself, I think, to know what your point of view is when you're creating your artwork. I think that's a really, really great point because a lot of people struggle with that kind of intersection between recognizable branding, like people knowing what your work is when they see it, but also it being entirely authentic to you and your point of view. I'm actually at the moment scrolling your Instagram, Marie, and we'll share it at the end and it'll be in the show notes so the other artists listening can actually see your work. But your vernacular is so specific and so you, and you can just tell it as you scroll through and look at it. But at the same time, like you said, it's not just like, you just paint this because it's popular and it's what people want to see. It's authentic to your experience. I think that intersection of authenticity and it also being such a recognizable look, I think is so important for artists to kind of take home with them. Yeah, I, I agree. Cause I think a lot of artists will like paint things just because they're popular or, and it's like, you can't sustain that over time. You know, you've got, if you do something that you are excited about and that's really unique to you, you can do it for the rest of your life, you know? And you used to work in marketing and advertising, which is actually really interesting because a lot of the guests we have on this podcast have a career, a previous career, often in marketing, advertising, business management, and then kind of transition into the arts. What are some of the, let's say the top three skills that you learned in that field of marketing and advertising that you bring over to your artist business practice? First of all, I think one of the most important things about anything that you're doing is you need to be excited about it. If you're excited about it and you're inspired, you're going to 
people are going to just gather around. They're going to, they're going to love that. So the energy behind it is paramount. If that's the most important thing. Also, you need to know why you're doing it. So tell me, Alex, why did you start Superfine? Started Superfine to provide a place for people to buy art and for artists to sell it and to break down the barriers between the two of them. Because there were so many barriers in the art world and the art market, and we just wanted it to be a more even playing field. And that was always our focus from the very beginning. Okay. I I love that. And I knew I can ask you these questions because... Uh, I think your business model is very on point. So we're going to keep going with this one. So the next thing that's really, really important when you're selling any kind of a product, whatever it is, whether you're trying to sell Superfine to me as an artist to come on board and and show at a Superfine, what's in it for me, Alex? Tell me. What's in it for you? It's one of the best places in the country to meet a buying audience. We qualify all of our attendees and our web visitors There are people who are excited to buy art. We actually focus on a specific demographic versus just kind of casting a wide net and hoping that some super, super rich people come in the door. We're kind of focusing on an identifiable demographic, people age 26 to around 55 who usually have an income between $100,000 and a million dollars. And we can really, really target that audience. And because we're working with so many artists in so many different cities, we have a bigger offering that we can you offer to that audience versus just a single artist going online and trying to sell their work. Okay. So I totally love that. And I can tell that you're excited when you're talking about it and you know what you're talking about. So you've thought it through and it's really clear for you. You have a very distinct message that you're getting across to the artist, and, and it shows on all the platforms that you talk about, which I think is great, but why should I trust you, Alex? For one, we have, you know, we have an incredible reputation in the industry. We have many artists who've built careers off of Superfine. They provide their own feedback, their own um, uh, testimonials. We have a lot of those on the website. Personally, have a great deal of experience in marketing. That's what we do well. Uh, One thing I always say to people who say, well, why should I trust you is our marketing did bring you here. We actually spoke about inbound marketing with the previous podcast guest I was just with. So we use a lot of inbound marketing, which is attracting audiences versus going out and pushing to them. You know, that is how we bring in our clients, our direct clients who are the artists And it's also how we bring in the visitors to our fairs and the visitors to our online fairs as well. So our marketing works on both sides. That's what I always say is, you know, if our marketing was working and it did bring you here to the table, our marketing also works and brings the buyers to the table. That's why we see 20 to 25% of our fair visitors actually make a purchase, which is many multiples of most of our competitors out there. So well said. I appreciate this so much. And I hope that people who are listening will really understand what you just took us through because what you just took me through was one, you're really excited about what you're doing. You absolutely know what the mission is. You're very clear on what your why is. You told me very clearly what what's in it for me and why I should trust you. The other piece to the puzzle is I need to like you and that likability factor. And that comes through in all of your other messaging that I see on your social media and even on your personal Instagram. I saw you (laughs) have a little dog and I'm like, oh, he likes dogs. I like people who like dogs. There's likability there, you know? So all of those things are my advice of if you know all of those things, then you're set, you know, but probably the biggest takeaway is if you can get across what's in it for that other person, then you've done your job and you're excited about it. You've got great energy to it. It's all done. First of all, I loved the way you answered my question with questions to me. That's brilliant. 
you know, you really highlighted something that I say often, which is know, like, and trust. People need to know, like, and trust you, whether you're an artist or whether you have a product or whether you're an entrepreneur, just getting that know, like, and trust, get, tick those boxes. It's so important. But also what you mentioned about being excited about something, that's so, so important. I mean, it, it, it fits really well with the first question too, being authentic to your work. You can't just paint clowns because clowns are popular this year or cowboys are popular this year. You have to believe in it and be excited about it. Right. Everything's energy. So anything that you bring a lot of energy to and you, and you are excited about people are going to want to be part of that. People are looking to be inspired. If you can inspire them and uplift them with what you're doing, which art naturally does just for what, what it is, but to create a platform that you guys have created and get people excited about it, it's, it's fantastic. And not only do you guys do it, you just did it so well. With the, like you didn't know that I was going to ask you all those questions. So bravo to you, kudos <laughs> to you. But you do it in your messaging on your social media, even your um, little video that you show, super fun. It's so energetic and, and exciting that you want to be part of that, you know? And on all levels, the artist, the collector, the, you know, anybody who's coming to this platform that you've created. So good job, guys. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, I appreciate the kudos. It's great. And I also think this is just, you know, these are really important lessons for artists too. I mean, when someone's buying a work of art, they're not just buying, you know, a two foot by two foot square to decorate their wall. They're buying into your story, into your narrative. And like you said something about, people getting excited about you and what you're doing and wanting to be a part of it. Art is amazing like that because it is finite. In an artist's lifetime, they can only produce so much work. So Mm -hmm. every time someone's buying it, they're literally buying a part of you, a part of something you've made and getting them excited about that. That's like so important to marketing. It's not just running some ads or showing up in a fair. It's really making people feel excited to be a part of what you're doing. Exactly. And we live in such a great time as artists right now because people can really know who that artist is with fairs like what you're doing and also on social media. As with any brand, people buy the person behind the brand, period. Mm -hmm. And if they like the person, they trust the person, they're excited about it, they're going to buy the product. doesn't matter if it's a pet rock, you know? I love people buy the person behind the brand. Behind the brand. You collaborate with some big names in the home design world, which is really exciting. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you go about collaborating with these brands and maybe some of the impact that has on your work? This is a a classic question of preparation meeting opportunity. So all the brands that I've collaborated with have come to me based on what I was putting out either on my website or on my social media the opportunity that came about working with Pottery Bar and Williams Sonoma was actually a chance meeting with my sister. But the the head of the VP of marketing of product development did go then to look at my website and my Instagram and said, hey, tell your sister, call me. And that's how I ended up becoming one of their freelancers for a few years. And I'm really doing some fun stuff. So that's just one example. Um, other licensing deals that have happened have all come to me based on what I've been just producing and putting out on social media. So 
That's um, making sure that your website is up to date and that you have nice, good, clean pictures. You hear this all the time. It goes another level. And I'm going back to talking about energy. If you are really clear about what it is that you want to do, speak it to the universe. Say, hey, I want to collaborate with a really big brand. And that brand is anthropology. I don't know, whatever it is. Put it out there and then just start doing your work, going about your day and keep your vibration high. And believe it or not, that is going to seek right back to you. So that's what I'd have to say. Just just prepare yourself. I mean, you can go and reach out to different companies, but now with social media, these companies are watching all the artists. They are looking and they know who everybody is. Other licensing deals that have come to me, they're like, oh yeah, we know you. And I'm like, well, I don't really, I'm not really interested in going into doing stationery for blah, blah, blah. But did you know? Oh yeah, no, we have already talked to her. <laughs> you know, they know you if you're, if you're consistent and you're putting your work out there. I actually love that because it ties nicely with this concept of inbound marketing of basically optimizing your presence, making it, you know, know into the universe what you do. And mm -hmm. I don't want to say like letting it come to you like you don't do anything. It's just that you put the work in up front and then it does start to come to you because you're careful with how you put yourself out there on your website, social media, you know, getting into things like fairs, getting onto, uh, onto lists and into blogs. That's really important. And then, you know, versus going out and knocking on doors. This is only the second time on this podcast we've mentioned inbound marketing versus outbound. Outbound is the knocking on doors and saying, hey, can you please use me? Can I, can I work with you? And a lot of times the inbound, letting them come to you once you mm -hmm. optimize yourself can be so much more powerful. Then you have some some negotiating power, right? Because yeah. they came, they want you right. and they can see how you can work together. So I think as an artist, you have to, you are an entrepreneur. You know, Alex, you don't just do a podcast. You're doing a fair and James is doing his photography business. I mean, you have your, your irons in many, many fires and that's just the way it is if you want to be entrepreneurial. Um, as an artist, you know, you can take one image and you can license it. There's a lot of ways to monetize an art business. That's probably another podcast, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, that, but that preparation, just meeting opportunity. I know a lot of those things came to me because I decided to sit down and spend an entire week revamping my website. And then all of a sudden that happened and I was ready. I like that phrase, preparation, meeting opportunity. It's kind of like making your own luck, right? Like you're prepared, but then when the opportunity comes, you have a way of handling it already. You know, knowing what you want and speaking it to the universe. So if you do, yes. you, yeah, I love it. It's a whole energy thing. You know, if you don't know what you want, then, you know, how, how are things going to come to you? Everything starts with a thought. When you sat down and came up with Superfine, it didn't just happen that all of a sudden there's this big fair that you do all over the country. Let's think about this. And then it was you two talking about it. And then it, you talked to somebody else about it and it started to gain momentum. And then all of a sudden it started happening in phone calls. That's how everything happens. So if you start with the thought that I really want to be collaborating with this brand and you just put it out there and then on your end you do the work to show them what this could look like then let it go and be happy and guess what they're gonna just try it they're gonna come knocking on your door absolutely and and one way you can do that if you want this kind of collaboration creating an outlet where if somebody comes to your website let's say a decision maker for a brand or company that you already say i do brand collaborations email me at brandcollaborations at yourname.com for more information about this. That shows that you're you know, already out there doing it and 
I think that's a really great way to, you know, make it knowing that this is something that you actually do that can go in your Instagram bio as well, if that's appropriate for you. I like it. So I want to move on to your podcast. Uh, Obviously we're big podcast fans. I think, you know, I wouldn't say everyone should have one, but a lot of people should. They're a lot of fun and they're a great way to communicate and put your perspective out there. Your podcast is called Love Lulu and you started it in memory of your sister who is a great supporter of yours. Can you tell us a little bit more about your podcast, its significance to you and the purpose that it serves for emerging artists? Four years ago, my beautiful sister passed away and it was pretty sudden. And she was always like a huge supporter of my art career. So I feel like one of the best things that you can do when somebody passes away and carry on like all the great work that they were doing. And I felt like, you know, I kind of hit that point in my career where I had worked with so many different people and lots of really, you know, well-known people in their industries that were all creatives. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could interview these people and shine a light on them? It's on YouTube under Mari Ripson. It's a, I put it on YouTube so I could timestamp graphics to what we're talking about. Because if I'm talking to an artist, I, I want you to be able to see that piece of art that we're actually talking about. I really wanted to create like a really nice little nugget of who this artist is and, and what their journey has been and what their contribution has been. And they share like how they're doing stuff. Like, how did you create this amazing stationery company that's worldwide? And like, what happened? Like, how do you do that stuff? Like really have the nuts and bolts of how does that happen? How do you publish a book? Like, how did you write that book and, and create that? Where where did the story come from? Tell me all about that, you know? And then they're sharing like real time information on this is how you do it. So then it goes to the students, the next generation of artists. And a lot of these people listen to these in their, um, these kids listen in the AP art classes to these podcasts. Like if you want to go be a photographer, this is what this business looks like. The real business, booking the shoots and and all of those things, what what it's about. So it's kind of a full circle thing. It's advice to the next generation. And then it's also shining a light on the person that I'm speaking with and really kind of showcasing them. So like we go back to you buy the person behind the brand. This is something they can put on their website. This is what I'm creating. If you want to know more about my journey of why I created this here's a video podcast that I did about it. And then we have scholarships that, that go in her memory um, for it as well. So that's how it started. First of all, I love the idea for your podcast and the format of it. And if I were an artist right now, I would definitely be getting in touch with you to find out when I can be on your calendar. It's just such an amazing thing to be able to see the work as you're doing the podcast and inspiring other people. And I'm also sorry to hear about your sister, but I think you've honored her in such a wonderful way by you know creating this program that spotlights other creative people and shares their insight with others who need it. So I think that's a really wonderful thing. That's the Stephen Covey eighth habit, right? Is the give back at that point. So it's, it's really cool when you, you hit a certain point in your career and you, you know a lot, you're like, gosh, I hate to just retire and not share this information with people. And I, you know, I have so many friends who are in the same boat. And so a lot of them are doing some really great philanthropic work and, and really sharing this information with young students who are just coming up through high school and, and college. And it's really fun, but boy, I, I get a lot out of it too. Just like, I'm sure you, you do every episode. I learn something. It's so cool. I really love it. The best currency sometimes is information and sharing with other people. I mean, it's like the whole teach a man to fish versus give a man a fish kind of thing. It's a win-win all ships yeah. rise together, right? Absolutely. 
you're so positive and, and lovely to talk to. How does happiness and fulfillment in your life help you with your business? And what advice might you have for artists on leading not just successful, like financially successful, but well-rounded and happy lives, you know, outside of their business, but also for their business? The past five years of my life, it's been the most difficult time of my entire experience on this earth plane. And, you know, happiness is an absolute choice and it's a matter of perspective. And we easily can go down that negative loop and spiral into that. It's, it's so much more natural for us to want to fall into the fear, but it doesn't serve anybody and it doesn't serve you in any way, shape or form. And you will quickly become depleted if you go down that rabbit hole. So I learned through, you know, a lot of trials and tribulations in the past few years that um, it's really important how I talk to myself and where I keep my thoughts because that negative self-talk is just will attract to you things, more things that are negative. So why go down that, right? <laughs> if you can stay in a higher, more positive vibration, you're just going to attract more things to be positive to you. So even like in the midst of the chaos of the pandemic and all of these things, that yes, you could either choose and go, oh my gosh, this is just horrible, it's horrific. Or you can go, wow, look at the earth has been able to recharge and look, we've rediscovered our families. Like everything's perspective on how you choose to focus it. And then where do you let your mind live? Like what, what thoughts are you telling yourself all day long? I find it really important when I'm painting, if I want to create something that's really positive, inspiring, I have to be in that mindset before I even sit down and pick up a brush. That's it. Which is such a catch-22 because actually painting is like a meditation which makes you feel happy, right? <laughs> so It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like you're... <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. I like the way you put it of what you're telling yourself and, and being cautious about, or be, not, maybe not cautious, but being very intentional about what you're telling yourself and how you're talking to yourself. Because if you start to say negative things to yourself, like, oh, the world is bad or my life is not going well, whatever. I mean, it, it really becomes self-fulfilling prophecy in the other direction. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you have so much, people don't realize you have so much control over that. It's not to say that there's not incredible outside factors that happen all the time, but to know that you have that control and that power is just so, so important. And it affects every side of your life, including your business, including your work. Anything that's happening that you could perceive that is going wrong or bad, nothing's ever going wrong for you. Everything is always going right for you. It may be difficult, but there's something that you need to learn from that. So if I'm going to go through this experience of losing my sister, yeah, I could have spiraled. I was. It was very sad for me. But then I also was like, what can I take away from this that can be really, really great? And I turned it into a podcast. You yep. have to, to choose to think that way. And it's actually, it's a habit. Habits take like 21 days, right? And if you've been in that loop for a while, it's, it's a tough habit to break the negative self-talk. But you can do it if you talk to yourself like you would talk to a little kid, you know, and just reassure them. It's okay. You'll get through this. I love that. Talk to yourself like you're a little kid. And the habits take 21 days to form. So start a good habit tomorrow. And in three weeks... You're going to be a better place. I love that. Start a, right now. Start right yeah. now. Oh, no. right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't even wait till tomorrow. I love that. Even better. <laughs> well, this has been an amazing chat, Marie. What is one more top word of advice that you have for an artist out there who's really ready to take the next step in their entrepreneurship journey? 
take a deep breath and just know that whatever is yours is not going to go past you. Whatever it is that you are looking for is there for you. Oh God, there's a great quote by Rumi that says, you know, what you are seeking is seeking you, but you have to do the work to know what it is that you are seeking. (laughs) And then you have to do something to raise your vibration. And so you can get in alignment with that so that you can match to it. Meaning take breaks, like know it, know what it is you want, speak it out to the universe, say, I really want to go do this Then go pet your cat or go for a run on the beach, you know, go be out in nature, go do some yoga, move your body. Those things are so important to do in business, especially if you are an entrepreneur, because it's so easy to just work and work and work and work all night long. But being happy and staying in that high light vibration is where all the good things will come to you. I know it sounds really crazy, but just try it. (laughs) I am going to go try that as soon as I hang up from this podcast. (laughs) I'm inspired. What you're seeking is seeking you. Do yoga, be happy. And when you're in that high vibration place, that's where the good things, that's when the good things come to you. I love it. Thank you so much to all of you business artists out there. Marie has been here with us today, dropping absolute advice bombs for you. And you're going to want to go back, you're going to listen again and take your notes because it's so important to keep this inside of you and use it and start today. If you want to connect with Marie, you can follow her at Marie R Design on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also visit MarieRobisonHome.com to check out her work and find more ways to connect with and work with her. As always, we're Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram. If you want to give us a quick hello or learn more about how to apply for and exhibit at one of our upcoming fairs around the U.S., Again, you can do that through our website. You can also drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. As always, I would like to end the class by sharing another quick quote with you all that's relevant to the conversation today. And that quote is, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. And that is the late Kobe Bryant. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mari, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your time and your perspective with us. My pleasure. All my pleasure. So honored. And I, I'm so excited for 2022. <laughs> yeah, we, too. We, we cannot wait. San Francisco 2022. And we have fair starting in 2021 on the East Coast, late spring, moving into 2022 as well. So definitely keep up with us, everybody online and everyone else. Have an awesome rest of your day and remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen and also, also make time for yourselves. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, Join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.